Lave Radio, transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. Commanders, and welcome to episode 104 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Ben Moss Woodward, otherwise known as Commander Aid Levice, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder of Doom this week, we have. Uh, hi, I'm Chris Jarvis. I am Commander Psycho Grand Wolcott, uh, Chief Bar Steward. What's your show title again, Jarvis? I can't remember what you do. What do you do around here? What have I been doing this week? Yeah, I've been recording. So I've had an exciting couple of weeks because uh, we've had Amy in to record um, Escape Velocity. So uh, basically all of May's uh, dialogue is now recorded for Series 3, which is very exciting because um, she's the one that's away and is kind of difficult to uh, accommodate. So now we've done that. So that's great. So all of May's stuff is locked down. So I need to get the rest of the cast in. And I've also had a great week recording for the Chaos Reborn audio drama because um, I've had uh, Steve McTighe back in who did the... the in- so if you've, if you've played Chaos Reborn and there's that kind of wizardy voiceover intro, um, Steve McTighe came and recorded that intro for us. And he's come back to, to be in the audio drama uh, and basically reproduce that wizard voice. So there's a sort of link between the audio drama and the, the intro for the game. And also joining us for that recording was Andy Seacombe, who uh, some will know as son of Goon Star uh, Harry Seacombe, uh, and others will know as being a kind of voice actor, you know, extraordinaire and kind of just all round incredible vocal talent. Um, generally, if you Google Andy Seacombe, the first thing that comes up is that he was Watto, the junk dealer in Star Wars episodes one and two. Uh, but he's done a whole load of other work, including things like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, and I remembered actually talking to him that because um, even though he's known as an audio guy, I said to him, I said, I was trying to work out why your face is really familiar to me. And then I remembered he did loads of children's tv in the early 80s so if you used to watch things like play school or fast forward or chips comic andy seacom was in all of those so that was kind of a that was kind of an incredible day for me really to have uh, to have andy in the studio fantastic and i guess you were up to a couple of things the week before that as well weren't you because we've not been uh, on air for about three weeks now yeah, I know, I know. I'm trying to remember how far back it goes. So we haven't talked... Well, I've talked about Elite Meat because we put out the little audio thing that me and Helen recorded at Elite Meat. So apologies, folks, that uh, especially last week we weren't able to do a show. We soon... We, we, yeah, you'll find this tonight. We seem to have had quite a few weeks where the newsletter has just been really nothing in it at all of kind of not not there's been nothing in it because there's been some great stuff about community videos but in terms of news about the game and stuff from frontier it's been very quiet um 
so we so one week we decided not to do a show because hardly anyone was available and there was really nothing to talk about and then last week we thought well we'll try and do a show because we want to talk about elite meat and then my internet was playing up and you'll all be amused to know that um, the reason my internet was playing up is because the, the network cable was unplugged from the router um, which confused me because I'm actually connected I'm connected via wireless and via LAN so what happens is the LAN connection kicks in when the Wi-Fi drops but in this instance when the Wi-Fi was dropping there was no backup connection which is why it was weirdly intermittent so uh, apologies for last week but yeah um, Elite Meet so Elite Meet was the thing uh, I'm hoping to see some comments in Twitch about whether the audio is now fine yeah, uh, Elite Me was fantastic, uh, and hopefully everybody listened to that little thing that me and Alan recorded. Uh, in true me and Alan style, it was quite an intellectual kind of <laughs> discussion of how Elite Me and uh, the kind of thing it was. Uh, but it was just really, it was just a really good fun weekend. Um, we'll be covering Elite Me to wee bitty more later yeah. on, I guess. Um, have you been up to anything else in the past three weeks, I guess? Um, I've been playing, uh, let me uh, just play, in a, uh, just while I'm talking about it, I'll play in a little video here. Um, I've been playing a thing called Halcyon 6, uh, which is a Kickstarter that I backed. And uh, let me try and get this up on OBS here. So, uh, yeah, this is a Kickstarter I backed a while ago, and it's a sort of... It's, it's a game a little bit like a cross between uh, FTL and maybe something like Homeworld. And as you can see from the video, it's in a very uh, pixel art style. Uh, and I've been playing a bit of that and doing some testing for them. And uh, yeah, really enjoying that, actually. So I'm thinking, I think either tomorrow night or Thursday, I think Thursday night, I'm going to be doing a stream of Halcyon 6 on my on just my own Twitch channel, and I'll probably host it through Lave Radio as well. Uh, but if anybody wants to see some footage of Halcyon 6 and me playing it and talking about it, I'll be doing that hopefully Thursday night. Fingers crossed. And I know you've obviously, Grant, you've had a busy couple of weeks as well with Elite Meet and other not-so-much-fun events. Yeah, well, actually, it turned out to be all right in the end, which is good news. Um, but, yes, the organising for Elite Meet, the getting the physical... Cr- uh, well, I was going to say crap there, but it wasn't crap. Getting the physical kit there, getting the people there, getting it set up, liaising with the hotel, uh, it involved an awful lot of running around, which is no, not big miles, which is great, but picking up my brother, taking him down, having a chat, organising this, uh, liaising with everybody, and then, you know, entertaining as best you can for people that are in your neck of the woods and it was great fun Um, really enjoyed it actually just you know okay sometimes it's nice to be at an event where you are just an attendee and you're, you're not having to run around to make sure that everything's going smoothly but to be honest it's such a nice relaxed event that really once the kit and everything's there and it's running the only problems you have to deal with is running out of time to do what you want to do. So we played, oh crikey, you know, my brother and I were desperately looking forward to playing some werewolf and we managed to get that in in the late evening. Uh, sadly, his health was problematic for the whole weekend and involved him spending an awful lot of time uh, in the bungalow which was one of these wee rooms that we'd managed to get a hold of, which was brilliant. And uh, so he spent a lot of time just recovering in there and then sneaking in for another hour and a bit and then having to go back through to take some time out to try and get over it. But he is, as we always joke about, um, suffering from the sort of 19th century diseases and 
things like gout and stuff. He just, I don't know, scurvy. I think he had scurvy two weeks ago. Something along those lines. He seems to pick up these uh, old, ancient, pretty much extinct diseases and manages to sort of cultivate them in his own bloodstream. I don't know how he does it. It's a, it's a spectacular skill. So then after that, we then had to clear down. We had some stragglers sticking about in Glasgow, so we had some fun with them. And I had literally just dropped the last one off at the airport, arrived home with some lunch, sat down to edit the elite meat piece for Chris I sat down said to him where is it got the file and the second I loaded it into the edition programme my phone went and I was told my grand's been rushed to hospital with chest pains and being the fact that she's 96 years old and we've known for years that she's always talking about this will be my last Christmas I actually thought she might have been right last year and so off I rushed to the hospital got there before the ambulance and then commences the long waiting around while nobody knows what's going on and nobody's talking and oh it was just a pain and then we got to see her and she was quite seriously unwell and we really didn't think we were going to be seeing her for much longer but the tough old boot and I'm sure she wouldn't mind me calling her a tough old boot because she is a tough old boot has recovered and is now back in her care home and doing remarkably well and it just leads us to have the most hysterical memories of when we saw her that first night after her heart attack when she was really quite all over the place with the medication or the pain or whatever it was that was causing her to be quite distracted and she was quite aggressive which is not like her, she was quite aggressive towards me but the absolute golden lining to that dark cloud was what she said to my brother (laughs) she sat up and recognising her, him being there, said, Oh, pig fart! And I said, Did you just call him pig fart? And she said, uh, Yes. And I went, What, really? Pig fart? And she's like, uh, No. But the language is so confused. So, yes, my brother is now has to put up with the fact that for the rest of his existence, he is now going to be called by the entire family pig fart. But the one that really had me floored and in half, which then got me a, a serious telling off from my grand because, as I said, she was quite aggressive, um, was when she was asking him if he was still working on the boats. And when he said no, she said, is it because of your weight? Now... <laughs> So she thought I was laughing at her. She was all over the place, and it was just it was it was very very funny and very tragic as well at the same time. But now she's back to her where she was before, and it just reminds you that you know life is fleeting. Don't leave things too long because you might not get a chance for those conversations, and. Just make sure that if you are visiting a relative who is in their final moments or is just taken seriously unwell, don't have any witnesses around you to let them hear what you're called uh, as, as going to stick on the you. contrary. Get everything on a tr- on a camera. I think. <laughs> oh, but pig fart. Oh, he's he's absolutely human. I know I'm going to get some angry messages tonight. That is for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, then, the other thing that we I was doing this weekend was we... Um I've been playing a little bit of Elite, not a lot. It's it's one of those funny things that if you've not got something to do in the game, it's kind of it becomes tricky to to really kind of enthusiastically run and jump into the cockpit. I've done so much Elite, so much of the Oculus stuff. It was just brilliant fun at Elite Meet that I just needed to be a bit of time off. Completing XCOM Two means I had no go to game. So this weekend, I fired up Pulsar again. 
and it's getting more and more polished it's getting more and more finished and we had such a good laugh playing that that was brilliant fun this weekend involved um, we did an away mission to an icy planet and when you got down there your visor you had to wear your hazsuits because it was like minus 200 degrees Fahrenheit uh, something ridiculous like that and uh, your your temperature reading goes right through the ground and your actual visor on your hazsuit uh, ice is over and you can't see and I was following uh, Bewilderbeast across this park we had to go to another uh, old station to find a thermal regulator for this poor guy who was freezing to death and um, he was about oh God, about two metres or so computer wise in front of me and there was this massive flash of flames and he disappeared and I thought right so he came back down and went I think it might be a minefield but I'm stuck right out in the middle of this damn thing going Shit, we need a we need a scientist. We need a scientist. It was brilliant fun, brilliant fun. Had such a laugh. Was that before or after? Uh, was it Skippy got you locked in the middle of nowhere that you couldn't escape from? Oh, Skippy and his brilliant idea when we had a mission, and it was a really lucrative mission as well, and he goes, well, we need to jump to that gate up there um, in order to save ourselves 12, something like, it was like 12 jumps or something, we had enough fuel for it, it was fine, it was just to save us all the hassle of potentially 12 enemy contacts. So we went down to the jump gate, and we jumped, and then we attempted to route to the location we were going, and it took us a hell of a long way, I think it was about 50 or 60 jumps, because the bloody jump gate took us across another passable rift between them this big bit of dead space on the map that you cannot cross so yes, Skip Rat screwed us over big style oh dear well, I've what have I been doing the past few weeks Yeah, so I, I was playing some Pulse Over You I was doing some Hut and Racing I've, then my, my, my graphics card is sadly on the fritz so whenever i'm doing things that are a bit too graphics intensive my system is developing a tendency to say you can't play no more um so i actually dug up an ancient game by by rockstar called bully um and i've actually i've been having quite a lot of fun playing that uh, i just i love the sound effects when you you're snogging your various girlfriends uh, it's, they just sound so sloppy. It's just so hilarious. You and your <laughs> sloppy girlfriends. Oh, well, I'll what? tell you, some of the girls are very sloppy. <laughs> what? <laughs> they, they, I, I wish I could play the sound effect for you. They, the, I mean, it's like it's full on <laughs> kind of action. It's, 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 it is absolutely hilarious voice work. And it's done in typical rock star quality. I mean, the the voice acting is awesome, as it always is with with rock stars things. And it's a game from like two thousand and eight, so I figured, you know, my graphics card can actually cope with it without frying itself. The game itself is kind of pants. It's basically it boils down to a whole load of mini games. So it's like, you know, can you keep your your drum beat going and that kind of thing? But the voice acting and the story of it just make it it's a lot of fun all the time anyway. Yeah, it was released in the middle of an era when there were a lot of kind of quick time events and mini games and things Aye. being incorporated into sort of game designer. It, well, I don't think it was a good era, but I think Bully, I have, I have heard it's, you know... It, it's a typical rock star and it, it's quite funny. You know, it's, it's certainly entertaining when you don't 
want to do anything too strenuous and you can't put your computer through anything too strenuous. That's really about the excitement of my life. But, Chris, Commander... I'm going to murder your name now. Levianova is feeling very bloodthirsty in his battle conda here in Lave Station just now and is wondering what things he needs to be doing this evening. Yeah, um, so we're uh, obviously because we've had we've all we're all saying we've had a few uh, weeks of not playing Elite, and we obviously haven't done a couple of shows. Um, so the Lave Radio Network in-game group has dropped down to six percent. Probably didn't help that we started the induction of our group with a CG that actually just boosted all the other local factions. Um, but anyway, um, what I think what we're really trying to do for those that want to stay legal. We're trying to find any missions that we can in and around the Lave system for Lave Radio Network, and we'll try and do those. And if people can, if people find missions that they can take, but they're not sure that they can complete on their own, stick out a shout, a shout out on the, the Twitch chat or on the the IRC chat. Is one of us in IRC chat? Um, and if, uh, if they sent me a PM in game, I can also afford it. Yeah, on, obviously, or, a, or, or yeah, or a PM in game. You? You know, yeah, you're right. We'll get together. We'll get together. We'll co-op. We'll try and help people complete missions. Um, if you can't find missions and you're bored and you want to try and help out, um, I think that tracking down and destroying any uh, ships that belong to workers of Lave Liberals. Would would be really helpful, <laughs> I think. Not that we're necessarily encouraging people to go go pirate and murder, but actually pirating and murder either system authority vessels or any ships that are allied to the workers of Lave Liberals. I, th- yeah. I believe someone can someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that is the way to do it. No, that that will definitely reduce the controlling factions' uh, influence. The other thing that you've got to be wary of is you could do bounty hunting and prioritise the targets of, of that allegiance however the key things are when you cash in bounties at the station that helps stabilise so if you take on you know, just take wanted characters out because obviously what we're talking about here is mass murder we're not talking about you know justified uh, vigilanteism it's, it's be- definitely just kill as many of those contacts regardless if they're wanted or not the benefit is once you know the system flips you're no longer wanted anymore, so it's good. So it's <laughs> all good stuff. flips. That's hilarious. But yeah, uh, <laughs> we'd like our influence to be higher. But yeah, if you so cash, I'm, I'm not, it's <laughs> bounties are bounties are a problem though, Chris. Because if you if you cash your bounties in at the station, yeah. if you claim them, then you're supporting the main faction. Really, you just no, want no, no, to no, to kill them all. But that's you know what you can do is obviously take advantage of that and jump, hop over to another system and uh, cash them in there with a bit of luck and make some make some yeah. monies. Because they will be alliance targets. And the other thing is, I believe, any illegal activity also undermines the authority. So if people just want to bring... Is this right? If people just bring loads of illegal cargo to Lave Station and sell it on the um, black market... Yep, Yep, that all helps. I believe that also helps. Spot on. Um, Yeah, not that I'm... Again, not that I'm necessarily supporting bringing ships and ships full of slaves to Lave Station. But... We do have a nice bar, and we will show them a good time. Uh, I've got another couple of questions from Commander Leon- Levianova. Uh, you know, we obviously we have a nice bar, and Jarvis, I believe you're 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 the head of entertainment or something like that, aren't you? Absolutely. So he's he's wondering, do we have? 
official ladies of ill repute, shall we say? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely, you're right. We've um, got ladies of ill repute, we've got guys of ill repute, we've got droids of ill repute, we've got <laughs> we've got vending machines of ill repute. We've got a hull breach on deck three, which provides a, an impressive amount of suction. And generally, we're just here to show people a good time. We definitely are. Uh, and also, Grant, this is, I guess, more for you, maybe. But what about killing 130 uh, policemen? Is that a bad thing to do or is that a good thing to do? In the lave system, that would be absolutely In the lave system. Yeah, you can kill as many of them. The thing is, you will reach a point where you have reached the maximum dip, the maximum tick that you can get, uh, which I think the last time was around about a 14% decrease. So what you do is a collective is, you, you know, you hit the target, you do enough for the day. We want the, uh, if you go to the station and dock, when you look at the bounties issued and the bounties cashed on the two different reports you get on the bulletin board, as long as the bounties created is significantly higher than the ones that are claimed, then we're doing a good job and we're undermining the main faction. That's a, It's all about balance and chipping away. I'm not actually sure we could actually support Commander Levianova. He's also killed, as well as 130 policemen, four funeral processions and seven wedding barges. He's he's not sounding like a very nice man that I I think we could support, to be honest. How many onion barges? How many onion barges? (laughs) I don't know, I could certainly murder an onion barge. Oh, yeah, I, think I, think, I think those wedding barges have got it coming, frankly. <laughs> right. Well, I guess we should move on to the development news for the week, or the weeks. There's been no development news for the weeks. How about onto the newsletter? There was a patch. Oh, yeah, there was a patch about a patch Oculus. Must be development news. Yeah, there was something about Oculus Rift doing something. Apparently they did things and it now works officially and that makes people happy, Grant. It does. I mean, the thing is with the new Oculus patch, if you've not had it, it is a complete and utter head-scratcher now because you're used to using the dev tools and the driver. It comes down the bottom right-hand icon and and it's just down there and you right-click on it and you change the mode to whatever you want and then you open up the game and then it will find it. It's fine. No, my lord, does it do that? No, no. Now you've got a waiting room in your Oculus. So the first thing you notice is the, the app installs it doesn't seem to put any drivers on at all but it does. It doesn't do anything it just suddenly detects it and tells you your DK2 is not supported and you go, oh so how am I going to play Elite with it? And it goes, nah, I don't care. And then it takes you to this beautiful uh, bookshelf and log fire crackling away in your headphones and you're thinking, I'm sure I can smell burning. That's really impressive. This Oculus has got a smell of vision in it. This is amazing. That's just your graphics card, isn't it? Yeah, just your graphics card slowly melting. And um, you look around the room and it's great. And all the time in the back of your head you're going, how the hell do I turn this off so that Elite can play? And you never figure it out because the truth of the matter is you don't need to do so at all. You just fire up Elite, tell it to use the Oculus and boom! It jumps across to a white screen with this bit that says stare here for a couple of seconds and it'll disappear and then Elite appears. And if anything interrupts your Oculus, if you turn your Oculus off, you've got to restart the game in order to get past that app again. The app looks amazing, but it just doesn't work very well with the old DK2s. I've seen some feedback tonight, actually, from commanders on Facebook about the customer, the, the, the full release version, and they say that, you know, all the problems that we moan about 
are fixed. You can read things beautifully clearly. There's only an issue with the trapdoor effect, and I always get that barn door effect. Can't remember what it's called. The effect of basically you can see the separation if you're in a bright um, screen. So it sounds awesome, and of course. Everybody who hasn't received their consumer unit of the, the, the Oculus Rift received their emails today with the updated shipping claim. And originally, I think I was told May, and now they've changed the year. No, they haven't. That's a lie. It's a complete lie just to spread panic and fear. Nope, it's not true. They moved it back to the middle of June. So it should still be good for LaveCon with a bit of luck. And I think there's an awful lot of people that have been shuffled down in that list quite a bit, considerably different to what the original one is. And, of course, my the HTC Vive, I think they're shipping in May as well. So the HTC might just get a little foothold, a little bit of ground taken from Oculus. Right, so you asked the... Kickstarter backers are still getting a consumer release then, because I thought wasn't there a rumour or something that Oculus had said that the Kickstarter backers were no longer going to be getting it? I have I no idea. I'm not a Kickstarter backer, so uh, I, I bought the DK1 after the fact, much to my pain and agony, and it would have been lovely right. if they had said, if you've bought this release, we'll give you a 10% discount because you're awesome. But they didn't, the buggers. So, yeah, I'm just waiting now for the... I ordered it just, I think, the day after it was released and got a date in May, which I was quite happy with. Okay, so you you basically bought a consumer release one yes. yourself rather than getting an upgrade. Exactly. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there was something about it, but you know, not having a Oculus Rift and not really being a massive OR person, it's not something that I've I've kept massively abreast of. It's just people were talking about it, and I was like, that sounds kind of shocking. Um, and I also heard some pretty hairy things about the. Have you read the oh the release notes for the Oculus the the thing that you have to sign your life away on because that again that sounds well basically kind of typical typical Facebook stuff uh, it, it the way it reads was basically akin to absolutely anything you do and want to do whilst wearing an OR belongs to us which sounded I mean that, I'm paraphrasing obviously. But again, it sounded. Yeah, it, it, it's very Facebooky, isn't it? It's like yeah. anything that you do or prov- anything you do or use or provide on our platform belongs to us. Um, I mean, I guess they have yeah. to do that to cover themselves, so that you know when somebody goes off and if I go and post a video on Facebook and then Grant shares it, could I theoretically sue Grant for sharing my video? without my permission so maybe maybe i guess that's why they do these kind of things but i think some tinfoil hat people seem to be a bit hang on this is this could be open for abuse by facebook should they want to go there yeah but you know it it does assume that facebook are going to turn into the flipping empire and you know send you know darth facebook down there to choke us all and and (laughs) share our intimate photographs of our kittens and our meals and it's somehow going to cause us some flipping damage but there are people out there that can make a a blooming conspiracy theory out of salad 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, and talking about conspiracy theories, Commander Goose4291 is running guns from U- uh, Ussar on our behalf, apparently. Um, yeah. And he's wanting to do another revolution or something. Awesome, yeah. I mean, it's probably, if people are playing in open, it might not necessarily be best to advertise all this stuff, but, you know, good on you. <laughs> <laughs> and why not? It's all good. Yeah, and, and so I've all managed, I've, yeah, I've managed to pick up a cut of the power mission, and I've got myself a wing buddy, uh, Commander Rhett Mock. So we're going to go to Zayon's and blow up a ground installation. That sounds good fun. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, shall we get on to the newsletters? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's. What was your favourite right. bit? Um, my favourite bit... Actually, in 117, there was some nice, nice pretty pictures from the engineer's concept arts. Yeah, um, there was that beautiful that's shot of the SRVs lined up for the the particular race that they did then. Oh, was another race, yeah. No, there was the, the engineer. I, I just li- I liked... I like seeing some of this concept art, and I like... The engineer's bases, to me, it feels a bit like an outpost on a planet, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's got pictures of bridges spanning the ravines, and it's a little bit less regular than the normal the the normal bases that we're currently seeing. But I guess, like the outposts, you know, remember back in the day we were promised an almost infinite variety of stations. Yeah, but it was going to be kind of like modular and junk, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, you know, with the night saying it in the nicest way possible, it isn't. That's what maybe. F- there's the normal dodo, there's a dodo with a hammer, there's a few different types of acellus, a few different types of... Orbis. Orbis. And, what, five types of outpost. Something like that. And mm. on planets, there's, what, there's two basic designs. I you know, you got the big, You've got the big circle one, and then you've got the one that's like a... Like a, a, an, a V kind of shape with the, the pads on the... Outside, yeah. There's, there's maybe I don't know. There's, there seems to be a bit more range and difference because of the different scales and different sensor scales. Um, I mean, you've got the, from the massive, massive, massive ground base of Gooch's progress, which is stunning. I mean, stunning. And then you've got the wee small three pad outposts um, on the planet surfaces, and then you've got the sort of slightly in betweeny ones, the more kind of built up ones. So there's a definitely a bit more range of uh, difference in the stations on planets, I think. But basically, yeah, there's. And, and again, I've not been to enough planets to inspect if there's significant differences between the Federation land planet stations and. Um, they all seem to be kind of the same and I think that's a shame that we, we're not getting the the dynamic building of the the module of the stations. But you got to but, think, you know, it, it's like, well, your planets. What, what type of planet types have you got? You've got sort of desert, arid. You've got sort of cratery, and then you've got kind of icy, and then you've got like, brown, and then you've got brown, and you've got brown and sandy and rocky, and then you've got brown and rockier and sandier, and then you've got white, um, and. 
you know, you don't need to. You don't need to come up with a range of paints to colour your stations in order for them to sort of go nicely. Uh, but I think you know when we introduce the likes of more interesting planet types when we have the likes of a lava planet you're not going to be able to sort of sink your, your, sink your base onto the surface there you're going to have to build it on very very hot uh, resistant struts in order to stop it from melting and tipping in uh, although that can make landing a hell of a lot more fun well, it could be interesting but I mean, we could you know we could have an obvious idea would be to have a domed structure with our landing pads on the outside of it for example dome sounds cool yeah you know, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of things that could be done, and you know, I think any any variety is a good thing, and hopefully the engineers outposts are going to give us more variety. But I would I would love to know whatever happened to this old idea that we had of the different modules being bolted together to give us an almost infinite variety of depth. It sounded like. I think again, it's probably one of these things that. These are the fleshing out. It's a nice idea. They're fleshing out parts that can be done at a later date when they're not working on the crucial uh, gubbins. Indeed, you got to make it run first, haven't you? Um, Now, well, I think. Sorry, from my point of view, I think that picture though of the engineers' base. The thing that struck me about it is that they're going to potentially make much more use of the uh, topography of the landscape. Because if you look at the kind of bases you've got now, they're all nuts. Sorry, I've done this planetary approach really badly. Um, They're all uh, basically there's like a, a flat area of ground or like the inside of a crater or something but it's actually you know the, the, the station is like a prefab that um, has been slotted into a, a an area of the planet that is suitable for it whereas that screenshot shows the engineer base kind of being built into uh, like a like a ravine, so there's a part of the building in the side of a mountain. You know, it's using some of the local topography in a slightly different way, and I think that's really interesting because I think you know I don't know whether they've got bases designed around certain kinds of planet features. So again, the the, the stations are going to be wherever is suitable for them, or whether they've got some new procedural code which allows them to put ground bases on any kind of topography and the idea is that the buildings can kind of adapt themselves to, to whatever the thing looks like that, that really interests me and can, can you imagine flying into the side of flying an anaconda say into the side of a cliff and up above all you've maybe got is like a couple of wee dome structures and then underneath you've actually got this whole city inside a hollowed out cliff or something like that it'd be so awesome that'd be very cool but yeah, we will see what we get eventually in when 2.1 hits, which should be, I believe that's sometime in May, isn't it? Soon. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure that I think it was delayed by six weeks. It was due out in April. Um, and thank you very much. Sorry, somebody just rammed me. It was due out in April and it was delayed by six weeks. So should be coming out sometime in, in May now, I guess. So maybe we'll start, well, we hopefully start hearing things again in a couple of weeks. Because in, well, I'm jumping the gun a bit, but in 
last week's newsletter in newsletter 119 they basically told us that newsletter 120 i.e the newsletter we're going to be getting this friday we're not actually going to be getting a newsletter because they're moving it onto a community site rather than emailing it to us because they're they're changing all the systems around that will hopefully allow it to become more dynamic so yeah everybody should know that you know for whatever news we do have for this friday it's going to be tweeted out to us to go and look at a website as opposed to emailing it all to us uh but back on to 117 yes. uh we had do any of you gents ever played lost winds which i believe just came out on steam i'm guessing no because sorry do you did no i did i played both of them i played them both on the wii when they came out and i absolutely loved them so i mean were you a fan of the toku bobblehead that we had back in beta I was, yeah, and I know it's not big news, but you know, when I did look in the uh, the newsletter and saw that we were getting a Toku bobblehead, I thought, oh yeah, that's really good. There's, um, you know, there's something there that I sort of felt like appeals to me because a lot of the stuff you know that they release as like add-ons doesn't always really float my boat particularly. But yeah. that I thought, yeah, I'd quite like a Toku bobblehead so, in my ship. So we've got Toku. Uh, Dio and Notia, Notia, something like that. Um, I d- I've not played Lost Wind, so I don't know who those other two characters are. It's been, it's been a while, I'll be honest. Uh, okay. I mean, how do you feel about... You know, obviously, back in beta, we were given Toku, but now if you want him, you've got to pay a fiver. How do you, how do you feel about that? Oh, it's life, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> You're okay with it's it. You're not, you're not outraged. Well, no, because I'm, I'm not going to buy it because it doesn't interest me. So therefore, you know, it's better than having that forced upon me and feeling that I have to put it on display. Well, you think yeah, if you were given a Toku one, you would have to wear it? Yeah, that's how it works, isn't it? Not? When you get a jumper for <laughs> Christmas, it's the same thing. And do you think that's you know with you know some of the free skins we've been given, Chris? Chris, do you feel obliged to wear your free skin? No, I, you know, it's funny because I, you know, I have, I have skins that, um, I have for various things and then I've actually ended up putting on my own, uh, purchased ones for various reasons. I really liked the Lavecon skin and the Lavecon skin is still on my Cobra, uh, but I, I have a different thing going on with my Asp. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, I, no, I don't feel obliged, but I do like to have them and I do have, I can't show anyone now because I'm in my SRV, um, <laughs> But, yes, you can. You uh, call your call your ship down, and then you can show it. I'm right by like a security. It's a bad point. I'm, like, I'm really not going to do this. But yeah, I've got <laughs> things like the um, I've got the Lavecon decal on the ship, which I wear very proudly. Um, and yeah, you know, it's really good. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot. Of, I always wear my Lavecon skin on my ASP, despite having others that I've paid for, yeah, including the ten pound gold one. Uh, but I still wear my my. Lavecon skin on my ass, and I get a lot of comments about it asking where it came from and things like that. So it still seems to be very popular with anyone who sees it, which is, is awesome. And you know, once again, Chart did a superb job, and we love him forever. Now, if he wants to maybe give us one for an anaconda, a Ferdelance, um, we've got do we have it on the Vi- Viper? The, uh, vultures no, it was you know, co- co- anything else he wants to put it onto I wouldn't complain <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, we wouldn't no that, that would be wrong um, 
I don't think, I don't think it works. I don't, I don't think it works if we mention products that we get free samples or anything. I don't think it quite works that way because we've been talking about Oculus for years and we've never had a free one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My, my my attempts to drop a subtle hint about the Wi-Fi version of the Ed Tracker uh, don't, don't seem to have <laughs> resulted I, I in any previous about them as well. Yeah, but then again, the wireless version of the the Ed Tracker isn't available yet either. No, uh, someone was mentioning that. I'm afraid we don't have an update for anybody on the Wi-Fi version of the Ed Tracker. I don't know. Well, from what I understand, they're waiting for the wireless stuff. They need to basically get it licensed officially, because uh, obviously you're going through, you're, you're going, you're doing stuff on commercial spectrum now with doing, I guess, 802.11 or whatever it is, however they do the connection. Um, but with that, you actually yeah. need to apply for official things and it gets a bit messy and complicated and horrible. Yeah, yeah, well, I, I, I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also do Pre- I. Pre- preach into the choir here. Yeah, I thought I want it. <laughs> yeah, I've got wireless headphones, I want a wireless head tracker. <laughs> And they will have to pay them for it. Well, they might interfere with each other, but that's why I guess that's what all the testing and things like that has to be done to make sure that they don't. Maybe. Yeah, probably. Um, we've also had a wee bit of news from the HCS voice packs. So yeah. there was a Narayan one that was fe- featuring the one and only Captain Kirk, otherwise known as William Shatner. And that, and then more recently, the Brent Spiner one's been released. Uh, it's been announced. It hasn't been released yet, has it? No, I don't think it's been released. The pre-order on that yeah. one. I, I don't know how the Captain Kirk one's going to go. By the time he's finished confirming the command, you could be dead. <laughs> it's not going to be very good in combat, is it? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I watched the video with it being played out, and it really did sound fun. Oh god, yeah, definitely. It's definitely one that appeals to me. But you can just see, you know, um, power to shields. Okay, I'm putting power to shields. Boom, bastard! <laughs> <laughs> now, hope, hopefully, he puts the power to shields before he tells you about it. <laughs> I mean, they're just getting, you know, more. As I say, uh, other than the likes of, you know, uh, Harold Bishop from Neighbours. Um, where do they go now? You know, they've got uh, Captain <laughs> Kirk is is you know, what well, we're just going to go now, and it's going to be aiming for the likes of uh, oh crikey Nathan Fillion, and oh. we'll do some Firefly Serenity, or we're just going to go to the obscure um, oh. side of Monday. Mar- you know, how about somebody who's done a lot of voice acting work and see if you can get hold of Mark Hamill? Didn't they mention the next one's Brent Spiner? Yeah. Yes, that's the one that's coming out now. Mark this is suggesting Patrick Stewart now that would just be that's the problem though because now you're getting into the realms of people who will be giving you commands you know <laughs> oh if we're doing that well, how about a James L. Jones one then it just doesn't feel right it doesn't feel right to be saying to Patrick Stewart to raise your landing gear it just doesn't sit right for him to tell you to do it and then you press the button I know what we want I know exactly what we want we want a Will Wheaton one well, yes, <laughs> a full Wheaton. That's what we need. Somebody you yeah. can actually boss about, and then of course they oh, must yeah. must allow for the abuse. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I mean, okay, kid, kidding aside, Will Wheaton strikes me as such an awesome guy who is so comfortable in his own skin these days that I think he could actually pull off being ordered and whining about it 
in an absolutely hilarious way. I mean, I've listened to a few of the books that he's read and things like that, and he does he he does really awesome audio work. He does. He's a really really good one. But I just can't imagine seeing you know. I don't want to play Elite Dangerous and have Patrick Stewart as my AI and sit there. And I'd have to say please and thank you all the time. I really it just. <laughs> yeah, well, that that's why you order a Wesley Crusher about. <laughs> See, there's no end in sight for HS voice packs. I don't know how to tell them when they need to stop. I kind of, if they're gonna, if they were to get Patrick Stewart, I'd actually kind of want him to be the boss from American Dad, because that would just make me. I know, I know, it's not in keeping, but that would just that that would make me laugh a lot. It's like, right, it's like, right. I've activated the engines. I need you to help me. There's a dead hooker in the cargo hold. (laughs) (laughs) What's Levianova done with it this time? Yeah, quite. In um, fact, if you go for classic, I, I would like a Darth Vader one. That would be awesome. If you go for, I mean, because these are leaders, and it doesn't quite, as I say, it kind of has that sort of that um, disparaging. Uh, why am I giving you commands? You know, you should be telling me what to do. But then you're missing the classics. You know, we should have an Igor. You know. Yes, master. Deploying your landing gear. <laughs> Flicking the switch. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, to be to be honest, I'd say Hobo Mallow could probably do a quite good one of that. I mean, he, he does that kind of impression quite well, doesn't he? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm still waiting for the invitation to do the uh, the, the the official escape velocity <laughs> voice pack. Uh, Commander Thane one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just maybe talking yeah. rubbish for half an hour. That's all the usual thing is. <laughs> That's what an episode of Live Radio is, surely. Yeah, quite. Are we allowed to say that kind of thing about ourselves? Shh. <laughs> what? Okay. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, anyway, moving on. We also had... So, remember back at the start of Horizons, there was the Gladiator Challenge... So, a few weeks ago now, uh, the winners for that were announced, and there were some quite shiny premium elite goodie bags, which had a cap, a beanie. Actually, the cap's really nice quality. I like my Elite Dangerous cap. Um, there were th- the three faction mugs and some artwork, and Commander Mad Anthony Wayne and Gabriel Case won them. There were two season passes that were won by Wayne Youngblood and... Bozakir, and to be honest, the thing that I'd actually probably want the most would be one of every paint job in the store was won by Commander Nollywood. So, you know, many congratulations to those chaps. You know, I'm sure they're all quite happy about that. Was there anything else in the in the newsletters that's dragged your interest? There's been some nice videos. Um, let me uh, have a look and refresh my memory um but i do, I do very remember that there's been you know th- there's been stuff i've seen in the newsletters that's made me go and look at it but it's not necessarily enlightened me as to the progress on the game especially given obviously the, the delay for 2.1 which is really what we're all waiting for you know what we want to know about what we want to talk about what we want to play is 2.1 and every time i mention anything to anyone at frontier about like you know, like the missions being broken. Like I'll say, oh yeah, you know, the missions are a problem. Missions are a problem, and they all say to me like, oh, I'll wait for two point one. It's brilliant in two point one. And I think, all right, yeah, I just, I just kind of want to. That's what I feel like. I feel like we're all holding our breath now 
for 2.1 and that actually anything else is kind of a half measure is that I don't know, that feels a bit unfair but no I think it's alright I think it. I think we've reached that kind of this is possibly the longest period without a significant update and therefore we're kind of becoming a bit hmm hmm is it coming yet is it ready now are we nearly there yet yeah and, and not only that but we've had no news about it either no no have you found those videos yet Chris um. Was... I'm just looking. Sorry, I'm also looking and trying not to crash into a star. <laughs> it's not um, a problem, no. So I was I'm, just... I'm, <laughs> well, I hope you remember to throttle down. There was a... Uh, I don't know, I don't know. Go for it. There was a comment about the Distant Worlds um, logo, which kind of... I think it was Mr Galactic Midden, of all people, <laughs> who suggested it does look like a cobra flying up somebody's arse who's wearing star, star-patterned leggings. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I, I, I was going to try and keep us out of that, but yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> and now, everyone who's gone to the distant worlds can wear it on their ship with pride. The good thing yeah. is, though, you know, even if they're angry with me for suggesting such a you know scandalous thing, they're really, really far away <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> well, actually, that's or are they? Because, I mean, did any of you guys actually catch the Distant Worlds educating Ed? No, but I read there was a destruction derby, I presume, to make the journey back quicker. (laughs) I think there was that, but during educating Ed, somehow, um, oh, Drew and a bunch of, well, his characters, who's, um, I want to call her Salami. It's not Salami. What's his, what's his character's name from his book again? Uh, Salome. Salome, yeah. I was going to Salami. Salami. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so Salami from the Prism System somehow showed up at Beagle Point. Because, you know, the last we really heard about Salami was that she was she was looking for a... Oh, a rift somewhere. Not an Oculus rift. Uh, not a Sensodyne rift. A, a Formidine rift, yeah. So... You know, somehow, and we don't know how, she did summit with a Formidine Rift, one could assume, and made it all the way to Beagle Point. Which, I mean, let's talk about that for a couple of seconds. I mean, do you think... I'm assuming that Drew and the commanders who he was flying with, and they did a really nice flight over um, overhead and things like that, it looked really awesome... But I'm assuming that they did not do the distant world's jumps and were transported to the vicinity, shall we say, via this Formidine Rift. And... Yeah, I don't know. That's got interesting repercussions law-wise and game mechanics-wise. Sounds like a bunch of hackers to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if Frontier had been working with Drew to kind of do something special to kind of you know man like on the back end somehow move him around you know move him yeah. around kind of thing because they're obviously they want to tie in stuff that's in the fiction into what's going on in game i'm sure um mm-hmm. so i don't think that i'm not totally sure this is something that other players would just be able to rock up and do oh, I, i'm sure uh, well it could be at the moment we can't and at the moment then Yes, they probably just did teleporting from one place to another. But could we get uh, 
long-range wormholes, I guess I would call it, going from one part of the galaxy to another. I would like... I'd really like that. It's kind of popular in games. It's what, sorry, Chris? Sorry. It's quite popular in game design. I mean, you've got something like Pulsar, which uses a similar thing, where you've got, like, these long-range jumps, and then, obviously, you've got your short-range jump capability. If there are aspects of the elite kind of current gameplay that we enjoy that would be broken by that, I mean, flying all the way to the other side of the Galactic Rim is, you know, isn't as exciting if you can jump half the way there using a kind of wormhole or whatever. Um... But at the same time, it opens up, you know, more of the galaxy to be kind of day-to-day sandbox. Do you know what I mean? Not only that, but also day-to-day colonization. We might see other settlements starting to appear out in that neck of space. Yeah, or wherever else. In, yeah, I definitely, we're not exactly lacking for space. It's, it's not what I would call <laughs> needed but no, I, I like it, the idea. It, it could be technology that we're able to take off the Thargoids when they finally decide to show up. Oh, that was another warning that Drew had to all the commanders in their when they return to apparently be careful who they sell their things to, who they sell their da- their system data to. Again, yeah, he didn't I- go into any details in that. Just be careful. Yeah, because there was a little something else that we haven't covered, actually, with the last three weeks having been a little bit kind of off um, off the track, which is um, the, 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 the audio stuff from the Barnacles. We haven't talked about that, have we? Nope. So apparently, having already once upon a time... Sorry, I'm... I'm I don't have any facts and figures in front of me, so someone's going to need, going to, need to correct me if I get this story wrong. But essentially, the uh, the science guys... Um, Cannon and Stella. Yeah, basically. They had previously, I think, written off the, the sound from the barnacles on the basis that they'd had a look at it and they'd done all kinds of things with it and they couldn't get any more out of it than, than, than had already been got. And then somebody else was listening to it and thought, ah, oh, there's really something here. And um, they recorded, I think, about half an hour of this Barnacles audio and, like, sped it up massively. And apparently it's an audio warning to stay away from the Barnacles and the planets that the Barnacles are on or something Oops. like that. <laughs> And yet, also in game, there's talking. There's talk about taking the meta alloys from the barnacles and using that to build resistant components for our ships. Well, there's always, and I think within the game design, it wouldn't surprise me if they kind of give you. There's like a choice thing where players can either do one thing or another, and there will be repercussions based on what players decide to do. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, but yeah, I just think I, I don't know. Ever since people have been shooting the barnacles, I've thought <laughs> we're asking for trouble. Yeah, but as you said, you know, if the only tool you've got is a hammer, every problem starts... I love that saying, but every problem starts <laughs> to look like a nail. Um, that's just... Yeah, it's true. So, I mean, we were restricted. I mean, if we had more options, if we had scientific, you know, sampling options and things like that, that we had different equipment, then I reckon we would have probably gone to that level without hammering things with our lasers. But, you know, it's just... 
you know, it's like being set up. We're not going to give you the tools yet, but once we've told you that you shouldn't have done that, then we're going to show you where the tools are. And on that note, shall we go to an advert break, and then we'll be back to talk about Elite Mates. Shall we play a, play a little um, tune then, maybe, that will give us a wee break? I think oh, we should. Do you want, do you want, I think we should. Do you want to give it an intro? Yes. Do you want to talk about it? Let's say, surely. Well, well, this is, of course, you know, something very special that the Hutton Truckers kept as a surprise reveal for Elite Meat. And you may well have stumbled across this if you are a fan of the... It's very hard for me to say this, so just bear with me. The Parody King... Oh, human. <laughs> if you know, if you're a fan of human, then you may have already heard this. If you're part of the Hutton Truckers, you may have seen this plastered all over Facebook as well. But we had a little sort of chat with human, and he kindly agreed to a commission to write us an anthem for the Hutton Truckers. And I can still remember the Skype conversation where he sent me the lyrics, and I looked at them and thought. Oh, he got it perfect. He's got it spot on. And of course, so during the Elite Meet, we stopped and we played this out. We then showed the CDs that we had produced for the raffle. And I can confirm that there will be a few more CDs for LaveCon, for the LaveCon raffle as well. But this will be the only place that you can get them now. They're not for sale. They're a limited made. We think we made about 20. So there's 10 for Elite Meet and 10 for LaveCon. And that's it. So, you know, you might have to try and contact uh, someone who's at LaveCon in order to get them to buy you a, a raffle ticket so that you have an opportunity to win this because it's awesome. So I think what we'll do is we shall um, fire this up now and then we'll come back after it's finished. It's only about three minutes, so, you know. Crank up your stereos and enjoy this amazing delight.
the cargo where it's needed today. Super cruising all across the Milky Way. We'll take anything, anytime, anywhere. So shout it out loud like you don't even care. Follow the mug, follow the mug. Yeah, you know just where I'm coming from. Follow the mug, follow the mug. Now everybody sing the hot and trucker song. Live radio is even louder than me. Wait a minute, that can't be right. Ah, oh, that's awesome. We've been, I think everyone's been rocking out to that. Like, I know Twitch were enjoying Jarvis sitting doing his chair dance. We've been <laughs> boogieing along, firing our trap off left, right, and center outside a live. And I'm sure Grant's probably singing it all and murdering things. Coming from the guy who sang Scissor Sister and Leave Me. Mind wipe, leave me alone. <laughs> What's Windpipe doing to you? He's just, he's just reacting to the fact that I, I'm conceding that, you know, you know, humanity's alright, I suppose, you know. Mildly talented, <laughs> definitely. Um, and that was his track, and it's called For the Mug, and yeah, it's absolutely epic. We uh, are, couldn't have been any happier with it at all and I wish, uh, I believe Human is actually planning a move and um, I wish him all the luck, the best luck we can with that and uh, hope it's all good. Yeah, fingers crossed for that. Do well, you I was going to say, for, we'll me, for people who are interested you know, in the Ed Tracker, it does mean that you can headbang uh, you know, while you're <laughs> doing video on Twitch and everyone can join in with the headbanging. I think that's, you know, I think that's a good thing. It's certainly probably vomit-inducing, I guess. <laughs> Do you know if we can get a karaoke version of it, Grant? Yes. I think a karaoke version of it for Lavecon has to be produced. I think we know we can probably arrange for all the hunting truckers to give it a sing-along and put the words <laughs> up in a big sing-along sign and we'll broadcast it. Uh, if you're interested in catching up with Human, he does have his own Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv forward slash commander C. M D R H U G H M A N N, and that will you know, do go and check him out, do go and support him. If you've got some spare pennies and you enjoy his stream, then feel free to subscribe to him. It's how he is wanting to make a living, and with his level of talent, I can't see him not being able to achieve that. And frankly, you know, it's wrong if he can't, wrong, very wrong. Right, and obviously that that was released, well, premiered at Elite Meet. And I know we had Alan and Chris talking about some of the board games and things, but can you two guys give give us a bit of a rundown from Elite Meet? Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, the, one of the biggest things, I think, it makes you feel... Oh, what's it? The, the the kind of warmth and the the amazing thing about the community is having it in Glasgow was an opportunity for people who just haven't been able to take part in it to come along and get their claws into the Elite Dangerous community that we've come to love and, and experience the best of 
what the Elite Dangerous community can bring. And so to be able to bring in some new names and stuff, so we had volunteers from all over Glasgow who just got in touch and said, I can bring this, do you want me to bring that? And you go, that's brilliant, perfect. So we had the likes of Ben Ryder brought some machines, which we then set up a Classic Elite on, and we had a couple of Steam games with... Um, keep talking and nobody explodes at the back end of the hall which led to some hilarity with I think it was Galactic Midden and my brother where one of you is diffusing the bomb and the other person can't see it and has to read the manual to give you the instructions kind of like a fake phone call and the highlight from that was when my brother no it was Galactic Midden said because he was you know on the diffusing the bomb and he just said to Tim Simon um is there anybody else there I can speak to? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was just brilliant. And then, of course, the, the flip side of it was Galactic Midden was trying to stall while he was trying to flip to find the right page. And he said, so are you going anywhere nice on your holidays? To which uh, my brother replied, in about five seconds, I'm going through the roof. And it just, oh, it had some of the highlights. Just at that, And that's just one corner of Elite Meat, you had that kind of hilarity and, and fun going on all over it. We had the Xbox section with um, we had Commander Scribble who'd come up and he set up there and there was a discussion with Dave that, well, you know, Ed was really concerned that there wouldn't be anybody on the CQC in order for them to arrange matches. At which point the Xbox One uh, user said, well, hold on a minute, they logged on, put a call out to the Xbox community, and the next thing you know, they're all playing CQC for the whole day. So, again, that was just another small table. Then you had the Exploding Kittens table right smack dam in the middle of the room with my daughter um, and her boyfriend, Lewis, guy Lewis, who were playing Angry exploding kittens like pros and sharking and including anybody else and the noise from that table as people lost was brilliant you had Chris Jarvis you were over playing showing off the XCOM board game for a bit as well yeah, we had a we had a really good game of XCOM actually. It was very uh, very tense and very exciting and we managed to win which is always fun. And again that's a that's a that's another another duty there there's another wee table in another corner we had our main stage area where we played some music just throughout the day and we had the Artemis station which we'd set up in the corner with these little laptops and that worked really well so we had a couple of people getting some tuitions through Artemis then we had three machines running the Oculus Rift 2 with the 980 Ti cards and one with the AMD equivalent which is about 50 to 60 pounds cheaper which is not saying much and uh, <laughs> that was yeah, the only thing I'll say about Artemis is that we, what, what Artemis needs if the speakers are going to be loud enough for everyone else in the room to hear it Artemis either needs some new sound effects or, or we need some quieter speakers because Artemis is not fun to listen to if you're not playing it <laughs> yeah, as soon as they hit like maximum engines it's just like this and you think oh really <laughs> takes you back. It takes you back to the Jeff Crammon Grand Prix days, eh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, we tried to get the sounds there because what you wanted was that kind of ah, uh, that kind of feel of walking into a video arcade where there's tons of noise and ding, 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 dings and laughter and stuff. 
stuff going on everywhere. Now, of course, the downside of that was poor old Mike Snoswell was kind of really hit with a wall of sound that was not really suitable for him to be able to interact with people very well. So poor old Mike had to work really hard to get through it, which is a shame, but, you know, he's... He's big enough and ugly enough and we love him and he knows we love him. And, um, you know, we can try and look at things that help make that kind of situation better. But we had board games everywhere. We had obviously one night, uh, the one night Ultimate Werewolf that we fired up in the late evening, Chris, which had yeah, some, of, some of the highlights of that was definitely poor old Frank who was joining us and... Um, <laughs> I was the seer so that means I get to look at people's cards and I got to sort of wait my time to find out that his card definitely hadn't been swapped and I challenged him and said I'm the seer and Frank you're the werewolf and Frank said I am and that was it <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant fun yeah. I mean, it was a, I'd, that I'd, was it I had a confusing moment as a werewolf where the, the thing said because we were playing it with an app that sort of guides you through the game and there's a moment where it says okay werewolves open your eyes so I open my eyes and then there's um, I can't remember what's sitting opposite me but he opened his eyes and looked at me and was like no, 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 I'm not my eyes open, then closed his eyes. Um, and then, he and actually then it was said, so, I'm not meant to have my eyes open. He didn't say anything, he kind of looked panicked and then closed his eyes. And then when we were going through the questioning phase, he said, oh, I can't say anything for very good reasons. So I'm sitting there thinking, I'm not sure if he's a werewolf or not. I'm, I'm genuinely confused. Uh, so that was quite funny. But yeah, it does. Um, I quite like that game. It, it um, fits my ability to lie and make stuff up at uh, last minute quite well. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had, we had Spyfall as well, which Darren Gray kind of led us through, and I ended up on the sharp end of that pointy stick. And yeah, I think then, of course, we got to the, the food which was served, and that was excellent. Uh, I'm actually got a meeting at the hotel tomorrow to go back and give them our feedback, which, of course, is overwhelmingly positive and uh, I'm really yeah, looking yeah. forward to touching base with them and, and letting them know how amazing they did for us because they couldn't have been more flexible and in fact the feedback from the event was from everybody that thoroughly enjoyed it and the evening section after the meals um, the evening section was Ed Lewis did us some songs we had some sketches from the Hutton Orbital Radio Station uh, performed live by the Hutton Truckers and that was excellent then we had some impromptu karaoke which I was not expecting that caught me off guard and if you've seen that video <laughs> I apologise that but- is a scary video it's not you've got sky front and centre and I've never seen someone try to fold in half and shove themselves up their own backside <laughs> like that before and she nearly did it she nearly managed <laughs> um, and and then of course we got into the evening part where it was just a case of some you know taking down and, and that, that bit sad bit the sad bit where you start dismantling it and then playing some games and dismantling it and it was just yeah but it couldn't have gone any better thoroughly enjoyed the event and it was from our point of view I think one of the biggest successes for my brother was when he took the cash through that had been collected for the evening meals and everything tallied up to the exact penny that was him he was in his element at that point there no problems at all it was a perfect event as far as we were concerned and yeah I can't wait to the next one I think we lost Ben. Ben's falling asleep. Wake up, Ben! Uh, no, sorry, I've um, been talking to uh, Levianova here, and apparently Commander Goose is thinking about the idea of UA bombing Lave Station 
to remove the commodity market and such things, which would basically <laughs> hurt the leading faction. That's a bit extreme. I'm not massively convinced by the idea, but... Uh, you, what kind of... Can this do any good, Grant? Well, can this do any good for Lave Radio Network? What it, it will again? It's all about hurting the main faction, and because they own the station, if the station's not making money, then it's costing money, and that, in respect, is good. So, it's not the most efficient route to go, and it could be problematic once we flip the system. Again, optimistically speaking, once we flip the system, we kind of need the marketplace in order to establish it, because then we get the benefit of Levy and Brandy being bought from the station in in large amounts, which gives us that strong uh, boost to the um, controlling faction, which would hopefully be us at that point. So, in the short term, yes. In the long term, it could be a hindrance. Go, Chris. No, I was going to say that's one of the problems you know we've had with getting kind of gaining any kind of influence is that Lave is a really popular station for just casual commanders to to visit, pick up Lavey and Brandy, uh, and do kind of missions. And also because it's Lave, I mean a lot of people go there just because it's Lave, and they just turn up to to do missions and stuff. So um, it's it's I think it's, it's you know it is quite a challenging one to to try and increase influence in. But I'm guessing, background sim-wise, the best thing we really got to do is do missions to get our reputation up before we see about undermining everything. Is that about right? Or so, am I... So you, quick well, no, no, you can still undermine. No, you, yeah, but you if, still if you want, I thought, I thought if you undermined, but you weren't suitably dominant then basically everything could just turn into a right civil war mess. Well, no, that, that can happen anyway, but I mean, with the majority of the factions, the minor factions being 1%, we're considerably higher than them and we're the second in control. So you, as you bring down their influence, all the other factions will share in that progression and that growth, depending on any actions that they've got going, because obviously the more missions are completed, the more their influence grows, and then the percentage that they might take in the reductions from the main faction might be increased. It's still a big unknown. There's no exact there's no exact um, science we've not cracked it 100% yet and the fact that you know Hutton Orbital went into expansion in two systems today it kind of suggests that we really haven't got a clue at some levels what's going on but you don't you know if you bring them down you don't want to bring them down to the point where they then spark into civil war with everybody because whoever then it's going to come a free for all we don't want that but if you bring them down and bring us up and we meet around about 10% uh, or you know 20% then if there's only us and them within that range then we could be in a civil war or we could spark an election whatever it could be you know it depends on what's pending and how well we do what we're going to do and then we'll be fighting them for the station, essentially, and that'll be exactly what we want. Uh, I don't, I'm just... I'm not so convinced about this whole nefarious side of of things, but I, I guess it makes sense, but I'm, I'm kind of a woman I've like that. played with you. You are a murderous bastard. I don't... I've got no issues with murdering people. I've got no issues with murdering folk and you know, all that side of things, but... I... I mean, I, I know, you know, obviously, 
obviously we we support the the Lave Radio Network, but yeah. I'm also a wee bitty with Alan here. All these factions that we're basically trying to undermine are Alan's babies. We're killing Alan's children doing the, all these things. And I, I feel a wee bitty bad about that. Oh, see, see, that doesn't bother me. <laughs> 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 what, what, bother me uh, what bothers me about it is I kind of... There's two things. One is... Um, I'd kind of like to try and increase Lave Radio's influence without personally becoming wanted in Lave, because obviously we spend a lot of time here, uh, and, and it would be awkward to to, to have that problem. Um, and also, you got to remember that one of the reasons we would like an independent Lave is because we want Lave to be a place where listeners to the show can come, whether they're Federation, Empire, or Alliance, or, or independent aligned, and everyone be kind of treated equally. And, and I have certain reservations about doing that by basically throwing throwing the alliance under a bus, which is effectively what we'd be doing if we started uh, attacking the workers of Labour liberals. Um, I, I get that kind of mechanically it's probably what we need to do, but it just feels a bit wrong just because of the reasons that we kind of that we decided to be independent. I'm not saying don't do it. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, anyone, everyone can do whatever they want, and that's all good. Um, it's not a very good slogan, that though, is it? Kill Alan's babies. <laughs> <laughs> Kill Alan's babies to get radio, lay radio network up. Um, maybe it, it needs some work. <laughs> right. Seriously. Anyway, are we done with phrasing? Are we done with phrasing? I don't think we're done with phrasing. Right, so another big thing that guest Grant and I were both involved in on Saturday, we had the absolutely mentally fun Hudson Orbital Endurance Challenge, which was from Ready's Progress to... Is it Ready's Progress to Gucci's Progress? Ready's Progress to Gucci's Progress, that's correct. It was was both progress, not a typo. Nope, 579 kilometres. I thought it was 596. I suppose it depends if you cheated like I did. <laughs> <laughs> Call it around about... It was around about 600 kilometres anyway. Just going... Off, yes. Yeah. Going uphill, down dale, over craters, under craters, round mountains. Um, and, you know, it was basically... It was mental fun for... Well, for, for me and my team about half a day. Um, I think there were 18 teams, I believe, who were doing it. Um, some individuals in the teams, some were a lot larger with, I think, six or seven members in them. Um, I think there were around about 50-odd commanders took part, yes? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a, a huge uh, turnout, actually, for such a ridiculous uh, event. And the fact that you said it was, you know, tons of fun, you're thinking, yeah, but... Anything that's fun, if you stretch out long enough, it's still fun. But I wouldn't, you know, if you condensed it, it would be amazing fun. But we stretched it really out there as far as we possibly could. I mean, we were expecting the race to be taking what minimum ten hours, which turned out you're expecting. I ten to sixteen hours was the expected time, as I remember. Yeah, and you know, we fired off and off we went, and the different groups were all in touch. I was in a, a 
I was in a sort of another instance. I didn't get into the main instance. I didn't get to see the epic kick-off start with all those SRVs lined up and going, which is a shame. But there's amazing pictures and screenshots coming out of that, which must have been spectacular to see. I was in an instance on my own with the SDC's Harry Potter, who... You know, in our SRVs, um, I think I started and I thought, where is he? I'm sure I could see his ship was docked. And it was about five to ten minutes later and he sent me a message going, have we started yet? And I thought, yeah, there's plenty of time for you to catch up. So, yeah, we had a range of different commanders going solo. And I think, you know, from one of the videos that we put up, was put up on YouTube today, showing how to do SRV driving to get the maximum speed because I think you tended to be sort of around about 23 uh, whatever the, the distance speed I can't remember the speed <laughs> but that, I think we were averaging about 15-16 if we were in some places <laughs> yeah when you hit that first that first crater you kind of went holy crap and then we watched this guy doing it and you think Holy tumble. He was averaging around about 35 and top speed of 52 for a majority of it. And all he was doing was using those boosters and tilting the... You know, so he'd hit a bump, use it as a ramp, and as it threw his SRV into the air, he would then tilt the nose down and boost to carry across in a straight line in a plane and he carried that on and then landed perfectly with his front wheels in the next bump and then used it into the next little sort of bounce and off he went again and he crossed some amazingly difficult uh, terrain in next to no time at all and the end of it all was that the race was won uh, within six hours and I know that we're currently going through the verification process just to make sure that there was no well, there's no doubt that there was, you know, that anybody at all cheated because, frankly, we all sat there and suffered for hours and hours and hours. But just to make sure that we've ticked all the uh, T's and ticked the T's, crossed the T's and dotted the I's to make sure that everything is in place, and then we will be announcing the winner. Although I think it's pretty clear who won because they went. I, was say, I thought it was pretty announced that um, didn't Commander Brabston, otherwise known as Timmy, win. I think so, yes, and, and it's just a case of to make sure that everything is in order before and we'll put that up and then we'll get his trophy across to him, because I think he wins the team trophy and the solo and, trophy And the solo trophy Yeah, so, I mean, well done to him, hats off to him and what was great about it and this is something that, again, comes down to the how would you describe it? The sheer stupidity of the elite dangerous community No, That's maybe a bit severe but it's probably accurate that the next day when I would jumped into TeamSpeak, there are the people that ran out of time the night before logging in to finish the race. I mean, that's just that's dedication for you, and that's amazing. And people did Flossie actually finish? Um, Flossie, I do believe, did finish. Our team finished, so um, Babster was on that team. And uh, yeah, I think Flossie had a, a couple of moments. She didn't crash into a star, but she did explode at one point, I believe. And that's oh, I, I typical exploded Flossie. As well, I mean, it, was, it was an epic event. It couldn't have gone any better. And I love the fact that people stuck around and decided nope, they were going to log on the next day and finish the race and, and do it. And that was 
you know, spectacular. Baxter's telling us that Flossie was awesome. You know what? I'd fly with Flossie any day. One, she is an amazing person and she is just such a good laugh to fly with. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely, Baxter, you're, you're spot on. And I think the event well, definitely it cemented the fact that there are ways of playing elite that don't really fit into the universe and the game's intended mechanics, but they are actually flipping awesome. I mean, I know I was flying with Kosh Nananak, who I've done a couple of bits and bats with in the past, and a couple of Americans called um, Angry Vegan and, oh, Scooby... And you know, so there were two guys I'd never met with, and by the end of the day, you know, we're all fairly, fairly firm friends. I would like to think. Yeah, Mark um, Lewis, wasn't it? Was but, uh, Scooby because he was pardon? really Mark Lewis. I think his name was um, Scooby. Ah, that's right. He yeah. really, really struggled to to get his head around how to sign up to the event, and didn't realise <laughs> uh, that by posting the question, my, many my had. Team, <laughs> despite me talking them through giving their tachometer or their odometer. Um, readings my team might have for the first couple of times they went off and gave me when I said tell me your odometers and to do that you go to your right hand panel you go to your status you go to your statistics you scroll all the way down the bottom and then when you get down to the bottom you'll see your SRV distance travelled and your mind is now sitting at 548 kilometres so you see that, tell me those distances. I explained all this to them several times, and they still somehow always managed to give me the distance to Gooch landing. Sorry, <laughs> Gooch's progress. I have so to our, say... our log for the first couple of things, despite asking for all these things, contains the, how far away we were from Gooch's progress instead. <laughs> and it's only seeing... when we started, it's like, hang on, that number's going down, not up. <laughs> what are you doing? You did say that you you consider that your team and you are, are friends for 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 life. You you, you suggest uh, Mindwipe is pulling you up on the pronunciation of course Kosh Naranek. Um, it's Kosh. It's not Kosh or whatever. It's Kosh. No Kosh. Kosh Naranek. Yeah, which you yeah. you were you managed to murder. So he might not be a pal. Okay. He might not be what? Sorry. He might not be your pal anymore. Oh, well, I don't know. Fine, I don't like him either. <laughs> um, but, you know, we did some... I, th- I know by the end of it, uh, we we had we did have some technical difficulties, unfortunately. Um, I think our time... We were about... Uh, we started the race at one o'clock, wasn't it, Grant? Um, yep. And we, I think we finished up about 9.30. I would say our team probably lost around about two hours due to technical issues. Uh, we had severe problems trying to get into the instance. Um, we wound up those one time when our... The guy who was carrying the, the, the ton of, of of mug for us, he crashed, and we were all in open. And we basically were sitting still whilst he was trying and trying and trying forever, it felt like, to get into our instance. And similar things happened to us a couple of times. Uh, and then there was, we also had some very interesting behaviour with 
we could see I could maybe see one of my wingman's wakes but I couldn't see their model so I had this wake like flying along sort of just in front of me but I couldn't actually see the SRV that I was meant to be following and things like that which again was causing us to have to log out and actually shut down the client and then go through the waiting procedure to to get back into the instance um, so that was, that was a little bit of frustration unfortunately but I know Dave's opened up a fairly big bug thread on the Frontier forums with our various issues and documentation for it um there was another sad fact that sometimes it just felt like our SOV just randomly exploded. You know, you know what it's like sometimes, Grant, you can you can be driving along quite happily. And then it seems like you, you may maybe you clip a rock and you spin around quite a lot and but you take no damage really. You maybe take a couple of percentage points of damage. Yeah? Oh yeah, 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 I'm with I'm with you. Yeah, and but there were some other times when we'd be doing exactly the same thing, and instead of taking maybe one percent or or less damage, you're suddenly taking sixty percent damage for effectively none, and that I know caused a couple of people to go boom. Um, but these are all things. I mean, I think that's part of the the point of doing some of these events is to stress Frontier's servers out, shall we say? And probably stress Frontiers developers out as well, um, as we try and break things and look for problems, which can then be fixed and make the game better for everybody. Well, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think there's you no know, we've we try and feed back as many of the little bugs that we uncover, even in the background sim, uh, when we come across them, just to try and help improve things and get this game to be as awesome as we want it to be. I mean, did you have any highlights that you actually witnessed before I say some of my highlights of the of the day? Um, I, I enjoyed the fact that people exploded within fifteen seconds. That that was <laughs> funny, funny. Um, but yeah, I think it was just a case of you know the first point when we hit that first crater, and everyone then began to realise just how much of an effort this is going to take. Yeah, I have to. Admit, I think my first explosion was halfway down that crater. I think I made it all the way down. I think it was, and across part of it. And whilst I was traversing some of the stuff, I just like I went boom a little bit earlier than I was expecting to. But I, I know our team was actually winning apparently for a couple of minutes, and then we we lost the ball and the buckyball races and the the red liners and things like that all all got ahead of us unfortunately. But you know, I, I know we were basically there to, there for the duration and for the fun, and we did we, we wind up doing some crazy stupid things. That, you know, you know how you like. The idea was maybe that you race along the ridge line of the craters where it's nice and smooth and or comparatively smooth and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we had we didn't do that. We went off and deliberately tried to okay, how how big a jump can we get off this crater? So I think our our team's record we managed to get uh, about two hundred and something meters in the air, doing a couple of nice little jumps and boosts. And I got some lovely photos with, oh, Kosh was jumping over my asp as I was firing my chaff up, up at him. 
and that 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 kind of thing was actually more what the event was all about. He was like, yeah, sure, we were going to Gucci's Progress and we were having fun with that, but we were having fun getting there. It was, um, it was. It was special. It was a special event. So onwards to the next one, which we think will be in a couple of months. So keep your eyes I, out I, and join us. I was going to say, what we really need to find, and I don't know if this is actually possible with the game system, we need to find two um, ground stations that both have commodity markets, one of which sells something which is illegal at the other one, so we can basically reproduce Smokey and the Bandit, where, where, we, where you're trying to run illegal cargo from one ground station to the other. Yeah, I did, see, I did see a nice Thelma and Louise video. Yeah, I saw that. I think there was one part of the course which was we're basically you're navigating some pretty treacherous um, terrain, going through all these ravines and canyons on either side of you, and the way that we wound up doing that was we were a team of four of us, and it wound up I wound up having to like go about six kilometres in the air and scout, do a long-range scout out, and then I was relaying instructions down to a ship a little bit closer, and it wound up, like, one of us basically going from waypoint to waypoint to waypoint, leading the SRV driver through this maze of canyons so that he didn't get stuck in the bottom of something nasty and horrible and have to travel, like, 50 kilometres to try and escape it. Um, and But I really, I loved the technical aspect of trying to find your way and work as a team to get through this terrain um, and that was that was something I've never really done before and I really enjoyed it excellent yeah, I, I was just I, something I really enjoyed um, I think that's really is there anything else about the event that you're wanting to say Grant I think we do have do we want to say anything about poor Poor Commander Goose. <laughs> I think the less said about Goose, the better. I happen to miss that particular um, <laughs> highlight. Um, but for those who, who want to hear, what we'll do is we'll not tell you exactly what happened other than, <laughs> other than Goose was drinking um, at the start of the race and continued <laughs> drinking. But I think as the excitement grew, he drank more and more and more. And he, he then created his very own um, sideshow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can Goose actually remember what happened to him? Well, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> the less said, the best. The less said, the better. I well, did he not start at the beginning and then you know actually end up back at the beginning? But <laughs> I, I, I thought he wound up literally at the beginning, didn't he? Yes, like he possibly did. an LFT, LFT thirty-seven or whatever it is in a free sidewinder. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so yes, keep an eye out for the next one and join in. It is going to be epic fun. It's absolutely, um, definitely something to come along and bring a team and bring your friends, and we will make you more than welcome and have a good giggle with you throughout. So what I'm not sure about, and this is so this is kind of a thing for the uninitiated. I mean, as it happens, I was quite busy um, this this last weekend and not able to take part anyway. But it, it struck me that I wouldn't have the time to do the whole race so how can people get involved if they don't have the full number of hours to commit to the the entire thing because there was it's some a relay race that. it's a relay race so you could have let's say for sake of argument if you had between three o'clock and five o'clock 
you could have met up with me wherever I were at five o'clock, jumped in on top of me, as it were, and then I would have handed my mug onto you. I could have then gone off and cooked my dinner or whatever I wanted to do for a couple of hours um, and left you with the mug. You go off and make what progress you can. And then a couple of hours later, I jump in on top of you and we hand over again. If you don't want to do the entire uh, thing all the time. Okay. So what, you just jettison the mug cargo from your SRV and someone else can pick it up? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Hmm, interesting. So, we could have done that. Also, I guess I'll do a little bit of pimpage for the um, oh, the Paladin Consortium are doing nothing quite as crazy, just, as what the truckers are doing last weekend, but they're doing some fairly stupid planet-side stuff this Saturday uh, where they are basically doing jumping ravines and running around various systems. Let me try and find their information. If I can find it, because it's... Sorry, I've lost the messages that they sent me. Here we go, here. So, this... The the Paladin Consortium will be doing the Operation SRV ABC, um, where the legendary Kermit Lefroig will be attempting to leap the Chasm of Doom... In reverse. Um, wow. Yeah. So the, basically, they've got uh, on LFT 37, which is a 0.8 gravity world, there is a chasm of doom which they found, and you know they, they like to jump it because you can. Um, there's also a 12 kilometer base jump, I guess, that you can also do. Um, so they're doing various silly things in SRVs on SR- on LFT 37 at, I think it is 8, 8 p.m. on Saturday. But if you if you look for the Pal- the Paladin Consortium, and I'll provide links to that as well, so it is behind their Facebook page. So I don't know if they've got a pub- not a Facebook page, it's behind their forum. I don't know if they've got a public page for that. I'll have to find out, but it is open to everybody, I believe. Um, for yet more SRV silliness. Awesome. Um, and that'll just be for a couple of hours, so you've got a bit more time. Right. Have, we, have you guys seen any questions or anything for this week? I've not, personally. Uh, we, we didn't give people much notice, did we? Well, we didn't. <laughs> so we, you know, they might have forgotten about us and things. Well, the, the, you know, we haven't mentioned we haven't mentioned the fact that Fozzer was going to be here, but unfortunately, he's been reprimanded <laughs> oh, yeah. in court. Well, yeah, Fozzer is currently in court, not with us, unfortunately. But we're, don't, we're, we're I don't, uh, yeah, we're hoping he gets released sometime soon. <laughs> yeah, th- this will be a Michael Brooks soon, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think we do have one shout out to give which is to the Uncle Uncle Art the Film Kickstarter who are trying to raise about £8,000 they're just over 5000 of it so only 3000 left and they've got 16 days left to go Uh, this money is basically to get to the film past various classification boards so that it could actually be screened Um, and they're I think we all know the Uncle Art stuff. They've, they're, they're doing the 
oh, the, the proper orchestral rendition of the Frontier theme, along with various other of Dave Lowe's earlier works. And I think, you know, Alan, Alan was there at their recording, along with various other members of the community. And they're doing absolutely awesome work. And, you know, I, I love from their... The Kickstarter video for the film, you can hear a early draft of part of the Frontier theme, and it sounds absolutely awesome. And I, I'm so I can't wait to hear it in the full. Um, but they're obviously they're needing any pennies that you can throw at them. I guess we could say. Right, I think we'll have to call it a night at that. Unless there's any other final words that you guys want to say. Not at all, except for, you know, if you're if you're coming to LaveCon, we cannot wait to see you there. LaveCon tickets are still on sale at laveradio.com and then click on the LaveCon tab at the top and uh, you can get all the information on that. Do think about coming along. The Elite community is absolutely horrifically addictive. It is um, personality crack, I think. <laughs> they are lovely blokes, I. Every single one of them is a lovely bloke. Oh! I've just received a private message from the Colladium. Oh, yes, thank you very much, COIDZA. Um, and the Palladium Consortium are going to get us a public link for their event on Saturday, so we'll include that in the show notes. So I'm going to give a quick shout-out to Commander Arkhamburst, Azrion, Bapster, Dissington, Lev Von Shadow and Mike Searle for joining me outside of Lave Station this evening. They've been awesome fun and managed to distract me left, right and centre as per usual, because winter is indeed coming, apparently. And on that note, I want to thank very much Chris Jarvis and Grant Wilcott for joining me this evening. So that's it for the latest episode of Lave Radio. If you want to get in touch with us, then you can email info at laveradio.com we're on Facebook at Slash Lave Radio. We are at Lave Radio on Twitter. You can join us on the Discord chat by going to the chat, by going to the URL http colon slash slash tinyurl.com slash Lave Radio. You can join our TeamSpeak channel, which is laveradio.teamspeak3.com. And Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 UK time and is streamed out on laveradio.com slash live. Thank you very much for joining us. And if you fly safe, and if you can't do that, fly dangerous. And what we're just going to do quickly, Ben, is we're going to play the audio from the Uncle Art film trailer and then we'll play our outside music. So have a listen. If you're interested in backing Uncle Art, then tinyurl.com forward slash Uncle Art film, or as I see it, unclear to film. <laughs> Thank you. Unclear to film. The t- uncleared film. Unclear to film. It sounds a bit Yorkshire-ish. You can't imagine it like a film, like you're writing for a film. Because obviously the music on the films, they'd use real music. They didn't have the problem of putting it into a computer chip. They could use a recording studio and actual musicians to make that music as exciting or sad or whatever they wanted. When I wrote the pieces, that's how I imagined them sounding and being done.
premise was to produce music the way I wanted to be able to do it in the day if I was able and that's what we're doing Two seconds, I'll be right back. 